Welcome to the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom, joined by the voice of the Boilermakers, Larry Clisby. Episode 39 here on the podcast, and today a jam-packed show. Um, Kylan Scheidt joins us. She is our videographer, and I'll let her uh, get into her actual title, um, and we'll talk about her role with the team, and also a little behind-the-scenes look at all those great videos that our fans see on social media. Uh, we'll dissect that whole process and, and talk about that and get into her background. She's a former uh, Division One athlete herself, so we'll get into that. And then we will also discuss and recap the week in New York with the Big Ten Tournament. Uh, Cliz today is on location at an undisclosed location. Sylvia Booker sending him out to do a little field work for the podcast. So, Larry, uh, everything going all right on your end? Absolutely. Got a little bit of a cold. But other than that, I'm okay, and I'm kind of like the team. I need a rest for a few days before the tournament starts. <laughs> I think I think it'd be good for everybody, to be honest with you. Well, and, and that's one of the things I want when we get into that week in New York and and the whole kind of the backstory of why we were in New York and why we were in New York a week early. Um, I want to definitely dive into that topic because um, uh, I think there's people have some thoughts on that now that we've gone through it we kind of spent the whole season talking about it leading up to it um so uh be interesting to dissect that but before we get to that i want to welcome kylan in uh kylan uh, welcome to the uh, podcast thank you for having me i'm so honored well kylan is very close uh with the program she is on all our road trips a member of the family here um so first of all um tell us your official title and then kind of your role with the team and the athletics department. So my title is video producer. Um, and my role as of this year, we've hired three new people. So that has allowed me to be with you guys a lot more, um, starting with Taipei. Um, and so basically, uh, you and I sat down before the season started and with Chris Foreman as well. And, you know, looked at what we wanted to do. Um, this year and we knew it was going to be a great year I mean we have four seniors who have been here their entire career Um, so we couldn't pass up on all these great opportunities that we have with these guys um, for recruiting for the fans for whatever Um, and so my I guess role is to promote the team (laughs) Um, for recruiting for fans for whoever really so let me ask you, you talked about the beginning of the year, we, we sat down and there's kind of a collaborative process with, uh, with you, myself, uh, Chris Foreman, our sports information contact, um, and we kind of put together some, some things that we thought we would want to capture, so to speak, and as you mentioned, started with the Taipei trip, and uh, I know that <laughs> in our travel party over to Taipei, um, Kylan not only does she have to kind of film everything and capture all the behind-the-scenes stuff, she's also the only female on the trip, which uh, I don't know if that's good or bad from your perspective. I, <laughs> I'm just used to it now. So it's, I mean, I don't re- even really notice until we got there, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm the only girl on this trip. Um, during the season, I've been rooming with Gabby Gary, um, so that's helped. Uh, but, I mean, it doesn't phase me. The guys treat me like another one of the guys, and which is great and what I want it to be. And Kylan's a road warrior. When we were over in Taipei, she had a room with the Canadians. Is that right? No, they were American, but they were with water polo. Oh, okay, and that's right. And then there's that's another right. lady that was with Wushu, and we were trying to figure out what Wushu was <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> so as we were making these accommodations, we were trying to figure out who's Kylan going to room with, and then the USA contingency came back and said, we've got some spots over here at the water polo coaches and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, uh, But it all worked out, and a great trip, and obviously uh, great footage from that. Um, so talk about... Um, Talk about like when you're. What are you looking for when you're with the team? Um, whether it's a trip to Taipei, whether it's a trip to Bloomington, whatever it might mm-hmm. be. Um, what are this kind? What are the kind of things that you're trying to gather in terms of footage? Um, I kind of go into it trying to tell the whole story um, of the trip, whatever it is, wherever it is, whatever game it is. Um, Obviously, Taipei, it was basically to get everything because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for these guys, for the staff, for 
everyone to be able to wear USA on your jersey and you know be in a different country that you're like no one's gonna go out of their way to go to Taiwan no offense you know Taiwan was amazing but I would have never thought that I would have gone there Um, so I just kind of go into it trying to tell the story of what's going on that normal fans aren't gonna see on TV when they're watching the game Um, so normal oh sorry (laughs) no go ahead I'm sorry I I interrupted you no you're fine Um, so a normal Big Ten game I try to show a different side of what people aren't going to see on the broadcast. I'm always kind of interested in how much you shoot and how much you edit out because uh, you're always, I mean, you always have that camera in your hand and you, <laughs> there's a lot of things you're able to get, obviously. Mm-hmm. Did uh, a good job of that on me last year, but uh, <laughs> uh, just the thought of how much you have and, and how much, you know, when you go into an editing bay, then what do you do to, to get all that condensed? And by the way, I, I must compliment you because not only do you have a great personality and have always uh, been great around the team, but uh, you guys have some incredible ability. And it's really changed the overall, I think, uh, feeling of the whole program, the videos that we do have now. It's um, And you have a lot to do with that. So thank you. But how much do you edit out? I mean, give me a percentage. Um, it's probably I added out probably eighty percent, wow. like wow. seventy eighty percent for sure. Um, Coach Painter always jokes, put that camera, you know, no cameras, and <laughs> and he, I mean, he knows I'm usually not going to record him because I'd never want to make him mad <laughs> and everything. Um, my first year was actually um, the uh, the seniors their freshman year um and so i feel like i've grown up with them you know these last four years or whatever but we've also like you said we've changed so much even within that time um the first year was kind of getting my feet wet i did a lot of um stuff with the volleyball team because coach shondell loves all that stuff and it's great on social media and everything and uh so then it was trying to get in with you guys and what do you want you know coach painter is a pretty private person. Uh, I never want to show anything that he doesn't want out there. And so it was trying to slowly work our way towards me being around all the time. Right, right, right. And, <laughs> and, that's where and we're we've at gotten now. there. Yeah. And I think, you know, he he jokes, no cameras or whatever, but out of anyone, I think he'd be okay with me in there than, yeah, <laughs> than anyone else. It's all part of the process. Now, I think, the, I think um, and one of the reasons we had you on is I had – we get a lot of emails in our email address, the boilerballpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I had a, I've had a, a lot of people reach out and ask to talk to you because they are constantly saying, look, I see all these videos and I want to get on. I want to, I do want to get into where you see these videos on different social media platforms. And I'll have you talk about that and just the numbers of people who are seeing these. But it seems like everybody said, these videos are so great. What is the process? You know, who is this person putting them together? And so that's one of the reasons you're here. We, we've had we've had quite a people ask to talk to you. So oh, gosh. Um, I think it speaks to <laughs> not, the, the not amount. Not just my fiance. <laughs> right, right. But I think that speaks to the people that are seeing these these videos and the amount of people. And you said um, these, per- these videos serve a bunch of different purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're for our fans. They're for... Um, season ticket holders, therefore John Purdue Club members, but as far as the program's concerned, all those are extremely important, and as well as future Boilermakers mm-hmm. and the recruiting that goes on. So, when you go to like recap a piece on a typical road game, um, just talk about that in mind. Like, are you balancing like recruiting and fans, mm-hmm. or how does is that enter into your mind when you're shooting stuff, or does oh, it yeah. more enter in when um, you're when, do, when you're doing the editing? both Um, because now I've gotten to a point I'm not overshooting and so I know hey I've gotten Vince stretching like 7,000 times like I probably (laughs) don't need to get that again you know so it may look you know once we got later into the season like I'm just sitting there (laughs) but I don't need you know all the stuff obviously Big Ten tournament I was trying to get a lot more because it's a Big Ten tournament and everything Um, but I mean, it's just, it's changed even from the beginning of the year um, of how I go about and to tell this story, I guess. Um, 
my first focus, and I know marketing's not going to like me now that Chris Playdot's my boss officially, <laughs> but I talked to him about this, um, is recruiting. Um, because I believe once you get recruits um, and you start winning, you're going to get people in the stands. Obviously, you want to still be, you know, have to market a team if you're not, you know, winning all the time. But I think a big proponent is your recruits. And that, you know, showing Caleb Swanigan last year, we did that documentary style right. piece, right? Right. That was a big step for us in showing a story about one of our student athletes that everyone else told the story, but this is our story that we can control the message and like it's our story, you know, like right. we this is our he's in our he's downstairs, you know, shooting hoops or whatever. And we, you know, that should be our <clears throat> um, goal is to, I guess, promote our student athletes that way too, for the fans to appreciate. And it's big for us as a program because not only are our fans, um, I think, getting a behind-the-scenes look at our athletes, which then in turn probably endears them more to them and the team, but also from a recruiting standpoint, it allows our coaches then to go out and say, um, hey, these are the kind of things we do to promote our guys. And if you come here, you're going to get put on the front page and um, you're going to get a lot of uh, people that uh, follow you, um, are fans of yours, and you're going to be kind of become a household name in, in Boiler Nation, so to speak. So that's a big, a big piece for us um, recruiting-wise. Um, talk about all these different outlets now. So a video gets done. Uh, where all does it get posted? Where can fans access it, the addresses, that mm -hmm. kind of thing? Um, so it'll be posted, if it's usually a game recap, it'll be the next morning. Um, and it'll be on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash boilerball. Everything's boilerball. Okay. Um, and uh, on Twitter as well. Those are kind of the two main channels that we try to hit right away. Um, Instagram is limiting with how long you can, you know, put a video up or whatever. So we use the Instagram story feature. I don't know if you've <laughs> seen any of that. What are you trying to insinuate? I'm, I'm out of touch on this. <laughs> not, well, not necessarily you. I know Cliz isn't in the room right now. But, <laughs> um, but we try to put links up um, on that or whatever. And I know Chris sends it out, um, sends all the links out after a game with highlights or the recap video or whatever. So... So one of the things I know, I heard Chris talking the other day about the numbers of the Boilerball Twitter account, and um, pretty good stuff. Mm -hmm. So so talk about talk about the. I know you you'll share with me from time to time the amount of eyeballs that are seeing the mm -hmm. this content. So talk us through some of that stuff and some of the maybe the highlights and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So we finally hit a hundred thousand followers on Twitter, which is a huge wow. a huge deal. Um, I know when Chris start he started a year before me, I believe. Um, and it was nothing. There was no following. And so I'll give, you know, we give him a hard time all the time, but I'll give him <laughs> a lot of credit um, that he's built that. And it's also just because of the amount of stuff that we're putting out there. I right. think people are, all the fo the great photos that we have from Charles and Paul Sadler are awesome. We have, you know, unlimited amounts of photos. And all, you know, we're doing a lot more video, obviously. I'm around all the time. Um, so we finally hit 100,000 followers and... This month, I actually did it yesterday. Um, we hit 6 million views for the month of February wow. on all social accounts, um, which is incredible. pretty good. I mean, yeah. when you have 100,000 people following on Twitter and you get 6 so, million, I mean, <laughs> so let me So let me, let me step in here for a moment and ask you what the, um, what the feeling is of the players. Because mm -hmm. number one, um, you know, there used to be a time where, um, you know, even college players had a little bit of privacy. It seems to me now, and I, I brought this up to Rob on the air the other day about what's it like? I don't know if you, if you, uh, if you remember back to the, to the games when Vince had the, uh, technical foul, uh, shot attempt, mm -hmm. uh, I think it was in the second game or was it the first game. I forget now, but second game when I think Pat Chambers got teed mm -hmm. up. Yeah, that's right, Penn State, and uh, and it was a big, it was a big technical right there at right. the end of the half. But I was telling Rob, and I don't think it was on air, but I think it was off air. And I said, "Can you? No, no, I think it was on air." Where I just said, "Can you imagine what it'd be like for a kid 
to have the opportunity to step the free throw line with nobody in the lane, and you're in Madison Square Garden, the most famous basketball arena in the world. Right. You have a sellout crowd, and you're there attempting a free throw all by yourself. You have millions of TV viewers, and I mean everybody's eyeballs are on you. I mean that would I mean that would be unbelievable mm-hmm. when you think about that. But but my point is. It's gotten to the point now where these guys, it wouldn't seem to me, have any privacy at any time. Mm-hmm. I know um, Coach Painter said something at, at a JPC event that I was at, and he said his recruiting has changed, obviously, um, because these guys are on social media, all the eyes are on them all the time. So I think this generation, not that I'm much older than them, but this generation is just used to it. And they're, you know, they're used to social media, Twitter and Instagram and everything. And they're, you know, and I have built a relationship with, I mean, these guys are comfortable with me. They call me Kai, you know, that's my nickname. And they're like, hey, Kai, what's up? You know, like little things like that. And so them being comfortable with me, like I'm never going to, I'm trying to think of an example. Well, Dakota smacks his face on the ground at Michigan and he's bleeding everywhere and he's sitting on the bench five feet away from me. I don't need to be shooting that. You know, like there's, there's moments that I don't want to film because I don't want to lose their, you know, respect. Well, there's a, I think a tremendous amount of, of respect that you've built up from these guys. And there's a complete comfort level to know that, you know, Hey, just because the camera's rolling doesn't mean it's ever going to see the light of day. Mm -hmm. And um, but you're right. I think uh, I would agree with you 100%. Coach Painter's um, philosophy in terms of recruiting has changed a lot. Um, we've tried to do a lot more as a program in in regards to social media, in regards to um, graphics and videos and that thing, that kind of thing. Uh, every program in the country though is doing that, mm-hmm. you know. And I think what amazes me is you guys are always. Uh, appears on the cutting edge of that and I, I can't for our fans like Kylan and, and Chris and, and our creative team they come to us all the time and say hey we got an idea for this what do you think and I, I can tell you I can count the times on one hand where I've thought the idea was ridiculous like most of the time they're home runs and um, it's great from our standpoint as a staff because we can just kind of sit back and hand the ball off to you guys mm-hmm. and let you run with it um, and and the numbers speak you know for them for mm-hmm. themselves I mean the, the amount of people putting eyeballs on this uh, is amazing and I know yeah, it is. It, I mean it really is and to, to think that anytime a tweet goes out from boiler ball it's pretty much gonna have roughly a hundred thousand eyeballs hit it mm-hmm. is amazing yeah so it's, it's it, it's so so how did so so how did a girl from Nebraska? Uh, young woman from Nebraska, better get that right, uh, end up uh, as a videographer <laughs> at Purdue. Come, that, that had to be quite a journey. Yes, it is. So talk, yeah, talk, start, so, <laughs> athlete growing up? Yep. So I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska. and Home of the Nebraska <clears throat> Cornhuskers. Yes, so I was <laughs> first a Husker fan, a uh, huge Scott Frost fan, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, already t- I already told Coach Brom, so he just <laughs> laughed at me. But um, no, uh, so yeah, I grew up a Husker fan. I played every sport, soccer, softball, tennis, basketball, volleyball growing up. My dad played basketball in college, and then he he hurt his back so um where did he play he played at nebraska westland okay d3 in lincoln and then my mom played volleyball there so they're high school sweethearts met in lincoln never left the state of nebraska (laughs) until we moved to knoxville tennessee when i was in high school so that i mean i was a sophomore in high school it was a huge change um oh yeah excuse me and so went to high school in knoxville for three years um, played volleyball and basketball, kept up with that, played club volleyball. I didn't do any AAU basketball just because my volleyball, um, I had more opportunities with volleyball, I guess. Um, and so I was heavily recruited my sophomore year um, by a lot of SEC schools. Chose Tennessee, committed super early. I was one of the, you know, one of those people who commits really early, like yeah. before they can even drive a car. Yeah. 
Um, but I chose Tennessee because uh, my family was close. I wanted them to be able to watch me because they, I mean, they watched everything growing up. Um, and so went to Tennessee. I actually graduated early from high school, started at Tennessee a semester early because wow. volleyball works out really well because they have the fall season and mm-hmm. then spring is just spring practices. So for volleyball, it worked really well. And let's be honest, some high school classes are kind of <laughs> worthless <laughs> towards the end of the year. But um, so, yeah, so I started early, um, went through the spring season, summer, everything. I got a concussion my freshman year. Um, wait, was it freshman year? Yeah. So I got a concussion my freshman year. My sophomore year, I got hernia surgery. <laughs> so it was kind of rough. So I was rough like hurt. I was like Jaquille. I was always hurt. It was a rough start. Um, I played a lot of my freshman year. Didn't play as much sophomore year. Um, there were some issues, so I was transferring. I wasn't actively looking to transfer, but the opportunity came up. Um, to go to film school at American University and play volleyball as well. And uh, so I was actually at American. in Washington, D.C. In D.C. I was actually going to graduate from Tennessee early, but instead transferred and lost all of those credits. And so started over again, basically. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So uh, I transferred to American um, after my sophomore year, and it was the best decision I had ever made. Um, I'm not one. I never want to, like seem like I've quit on somebody, you know, on a team or whatever. Um, But another teammate of mine transferred the following year, six or seven girls left. Um, So it was just not a good situation. Um, And so American was the best decision I have ever made. Um, And was most of that the schooling, the major, the city, mm -hmm, or kind of all the above? Just everything. I've loved D.C. since I was younger. Um, I had family that my dad's aunt and uncle live outside of D.C., so we went back when I was like 12 or something. Um, So I had always loved D.C., um, and it just, it's crazy how it happened, um, how I just ended up at American in D.C. and studying film <laughs> so where is it where is it kylan uh, the school's located is it um, right in the city yeah northwest down embassy row basically down massachusetts avenue i lived right by homeland security so i don't know wow. if that was safe or not <laughs> made <laughs> so my you, parents feel okay i think you're, you're but probably on a wiretap somewhere yes yeah i was probably. thinking oh, i was thinking i listened to a lot of npr and i was thinking maybe there's studios or somewhere like close to american university uh, it's or about, they always, they're closer downtown then i got you um well we were by nbc4 the big nbc affiliate in dc so obviously you go to a city like that and if you're in film school i mean Mm -hmm. i would think some really cool opportunities whether they were just class projects or things like that Mm -hmm. i would think that that city would lend itself well to that major yeah so my coach at american was awesome because he wanted to win he we and we did win we won patriot league championships we made the sweet 16 my senior year which for a patriot league team is unheard of we swept georgia and duke so i'm just gonna wow in in uh cameron it's cameron yeah yeah, yeah, cameron indoor so so that was pretty cool but uh so he allowed us to go home for the summer or go travel somewhere do an internship um it's kind of ironic because i went back to knoxville and i worked at hgtv that summer uh and interned there i'd known their headquarters well, their parent company is Scripps Networks. Okay. Um, and their headquarters are in Knoxville, Tennessee. I didn't know that. So, okay. Yeah. I didn't Actually, either. yesterday they just got bought by Discovery, so they're no longer Scripps. <laughs> <laughs> so my story's flawed. But um, so, yeah, so I went, I knew a lot of people that had worked there. Um, there's quite a few production companies in Knoxville because they do House Hunters and, you know, like all really? the HGTV shows. I didn't yeah. know that. Huh. So I interned there with the creative services department, and it was awesome experience. So um, what kind of things were you working on? I was working on a lot of social media stuff for Brother vs. Brother. Um, you know, the the brothers that do the... Yeah, um, the remodels? Yes. Yeah, okay. so they had, like, a competition show. Okay. That they would have, like, teams or whatever. Uh-huh. So I did some promotional stuff for them for social media. And it was actually, like before social media like they've done a lot more since then on social yeah um so then i interned there for the summer stayed at home like it was perfect 
went back to so then this was going into my senior year at American so that fall semester I actually interned at Travel Channel <laughs> like I'd go to work in the mornings wow. I'd go to practice till five and then I'd have class after that until like eight o'clock because at American um, a lot of the like film classes I had were at night because a lot of the professors also worked all day and so it actually like people here might be like what like night classes that yeah, sounds yeah, terrible yeah but Purdue people with night yeah, classes no, they, are, <laughs> not, a not used to that um, but it worked out because I was able to intern at Travel Channel um, during the morning because uh, they're also under the same company so I had a wow. reference and was like hey this you know and, and what, it was right down the road from American. And what kind of stuff did you do for the travel channel? So I was with their development and more of the, they would get pitches for TV shows. Really? Awful pitches, some <laughs> decent pitches. Um, so I, I learned a lot um, with their giveaway show, The Trip, it's called. Like okay. you can win like this yeah. big trip or whatever. So I kind of worked a lot on the pre-production of that and like read a bunch of pitches about <laughs> terrible so what shows. Was the, what was the worst pitch? What was the most off-the-wall pitch? There was one about some lumberjack, like, <laughs> I don't even, like, mountain man thing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's so much bad TV that oh, you may yeah. not be able to outdo some stuff that actually makes oh, it to air. I know. But, uh, yeah, so I was able to do that. I graduated from American that following uh, May. Went back to Knoxville and worked at HG, HGTV because I didn't get hired here first. <laughs> so we had, passed on you once. Yeah, I got, uh, yeah, I I got was passed on. So I was not involved in that process. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> the, jo <laughs> the job here was posted and my uh, now fiancé, my boyfriend at the time, he, or he still lives in Indy. He works for the NCAA. And so... I was like, this would be perfect opportunity, an hour away, I'd be doing what I want to do. I really missed working in athletics. Um, I love HGTV, they do great stuff, and Travel Channel and everything, but I've missed actually being able to do something, I guess. Right. Um, and so I interviewed here, thought it was all great, <laughs> killed the interview, <laughs> and then Nick Teresa didn't hire me. <laughs> and I was like, dang, all right, well... So I went to Knoxville, worked at HGTV, I worked on the Smart Home Giveaway Show, um, and they give away a house, they give away a few houses every year or whatever. So that was a really cool experience. Well then Nick, in August of that year, comes calling and is like, hey, I'm sorry, we want you back. <laughs> it was like he had broken up with me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I, I was... At HGTV, I was a, con a contractor, and after the first of the year, it probably would have been full-time or whatever, but it yeah. wasn't set in stone, so I was like, all right, this is, like, a good opportunity to leave. I'll leave after um, the show's over, because I didn't want to leave in the middle of it. Um, I wanted to see it through, and so it started here September of 2014, I think. So let me ask you, in all those... Um, in all the time with HGTV and the Travel Channel and that stuff, were you doing... Be, were you behind the camera on stuff? Were you doing editing work or was it other? I was not. And so that was like my biggest thing was that's what I want to do. I'm I'm creative and I mean, HGTV, great company, they're, but they're more, you know, it's corporate. It's, right, right. They have certain things. They actually have a lot of outside production companies that are making the actual show. Um, and so it wasn't as much as being involved as I would have liked. So as your, was your behind the camera work, did you do that as an undergrad? I did at Tennessee. Yeah. Okay, so, so you had previous background mm -hmm, doing yeah, that kind sorry, of stuff. Sorry, I forgot that. My story is always so long, so I didn't want to. <laughs> well, I was just curious because <laughs> mm -hmm. there's so many la layers to t television work. Mm -hmm. um, Larry can attest to that being the veteran yeah. sportscaster that he is. Um, there's so many la layers to that. You mm -hmm. know, there's you're behind the camera, you're editing, you're pitching stories, you're as you talked about the social media aspect of things, which you know, when Larry was on TV 18, that that wasn't even mm -hmm. a, a thought. So um, there's a lot of different ways to kind of get into it. Mm -hmm. um, was the competition a thing that you missed mm -hmm. versus Definitely. HGTV? Like, oh, yeah. Like, I was like, I'm so bored. Like, no one's like, I'm a very competitive person. You can ask anybody. Uh, I play noonball sometimes. I haven't in a while, but I play noonball. My, uh, 
my family's very competitive and I always tell this story and my dad gets so mad but I played soccer all the time growing up and I always made sure I knew where my dad was because um, I wanted to impress him right and so we're at this tournament in Omaha Nebraska and I'm like where's my dad you know like where is he and I see him on the other field you know some two other random teams and I was like what like what's going on <laughs> so we're driving back an hour drive back to Lincoln and uh, I was like dad like why you know why were you over at the other field and he was like I wanted to watch girls that actually cared so <laughs> so that's where my competitive nature comes from <laughs> Dad's locked and, in. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> looking back, it's like if if he wasn't like, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't have gotten a scholarship. I wouldn't be where I am today because of, you know, him being tough on me. And There's a fine line between instilling competitive drive and and yeah. go the other <laughs> way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thing is, I got to ask you, Kyle, and yeah. I got to ask you the question, though. Did, tell me he didn't go to practices. No, 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 no. Unless, oh, he, so good. he only really coached me like three on three soccer, like growing up. This is a pet peeve of Larry's. Oh, yeah. Are oh. the parents that go to practice and hawk their kids <laughs> and fly right over them helicopter style at mm. every practice and critique every m- movement that they make? Yeah, no, he did not do that. <laughs> but he well, one of the well, one of the excuses I heard uh, just recently was, "Well, the reason they do that is because of the safety of the child." And I said, "Well, you know, I mean, by the time they get to be twelve, thirteen, fourteen, I mean, maybe they should learn to, you know, all stick together and figure it out." But I don't think they need their parents sitting in a no. in a chair watching them go oh through practice. Lord. You fall down, builds character, suck it up, and move on. (laughs) There you go. Now you're preaching something I can understand. And and the fact that everyone hands out medals for everything. I'm like, like, is uh, Chris's kid on on, um, Tyler on your son's soccer team or something? I remember asking Tyler, he was like, yeah, we got a trophy or something. I was like, oh, did you win? And he was like, no. And I was like, what? Why did you get a trophy? And I was like, oh. I, <laughs> no, no, Chris our is gonna team be, was horrible. Yeah. I was like, Chris is going to be so mad at me. I'm like. <laughs> so, so let me ask you, um, are there moments, because you're so competitive um, and you're so into it and you've developed, I mean, as I said earlier, you're part of the basketball family. Um, are there moments behind the camera that are, difficult on both sides like after a big win like is it do you have to restrain yourself from just pump you know fist pumping Mm -hmm. and then on the flip side after a tough loss are you is it hard to shoot that footage yeah it sucks it's (laughs) 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 it's good and bad but I've gotten I mean when you're invested in this team and how close like I love that you're like you're part of the family because it makes me feel so good because you know like I care so much about these guys that they're like my little brothers. My brother's in college, so I, you know, now I'm even like, they are like my little brothers, you know? Like, I don't want anyone to talk bad about them, all that. So, you know, when we're at Michigan and, you know, Isaac gets fouled on the last play, I'm like, did you guys see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, getting, you know, super pumped about it and everything. But I've been able to control my emotions I guess um and I think it's because I've been an athlete and so I understand you can't get too high you can't get too you know too low or whatever um there are a lot of times that after a game I'm just like I just walk off like I'm just like I just get me out of here like I just shot a whole game and I can't use any of it you know well I I will say this too like there's been some moments that like I think you have a really good eye for capturing the moment um and I think you're probably right. Being an athlete probably lends itself well to that. But I can remember several times this year where there would be big plays, whether it's Carson's dunks like in Bloomington or over at Illinois, mm-hmm. or as you mentioned, Isaac getting fouled at the end up in Ann Arbor and making the free throw, mm-hmm. um, whatever it might be. And you'll see, like initially, you'll see those kind of clips on like an ESPN or Big Ten Network feed or something like that, that may be on Twitter or Instagram. So you mm-hmm. kind of see that. But then when you get your stuff up there, it's mm-hmm. always great because I'm seeing it from a different angle. Right. And it's a lot of times really well shot. 
Um, but then the other stuff that's really cool is like a lot of times you will edit in either like Clisby's voice mm-hmm. or the announcers, uh, whoever might be doing that game, their their call or their voice over the top of it. And it's it's just so cool. Like it just puts you right back in that moment. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, like for me especially because I'm not watching the game on TV or listening on the radio, I don't necessarily hear those calls, and I wouldn't go back to watch them, although some games we will, but sometimes when we go back and watch film as a staff, we're watching the coach's copy, which doesn't have any announcers on it. Mm-hmm. So to be able to go back and see those calls, it, it's really cool, and mm-hmm. it's such an energy boost, too, to see it from a different angle and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, and that's got to take a lot of time to go back and listen to the radio feed, the TV mm-hmm. feed, and then I guess pick which one's better or lends itself well to your shot a lot of it depends on there are definitely a lot of shots and i know a lot of people are like well why why didn't like carson's this get in there and i'm like well one i've used six of carson already i don't need another one and two the ref is probably in my area i probably didn't get it um i i like to think that i know the plays that we're doing because i've seen it so much and so i know like okay dakota gets the ball here he's probably going this way so i can already kind of guess which way they're gonna go unless they throw it up and i'm like crap what are you guys like i'm not used to that there's still 23 seconds you know or uh, 18 seconds on the shot clock you know like that's not us um but i have been able to figure out tendencies of our guys figure out tendencies of the announcers of who's doing the game okay i know the play-by-play is gonna go on Doc and she'll probably say something awesome, you know, like right, right, right. I figured out over the entire course of the season, you know, Raph's going to say a, a hilarious quote about whatever, you know, yeah. I've figured out kind of their flow and I know how a game is produced. Like I know if there's time, they're going to go back to the replay. If there's no time, they'll wait until the timeout or what, you know, like right. yeah. I've kind of, I've gotten a lot quicker since the beginning of the year for sure. <laughs> like. I'd be up till oh man, like I'm exhausted. Like, cause you said you're exhausted. I'm exhausted too. <laughs> it's it's been an awesome, long, you know, just emotional season. That's where we all feel it, right? You know, and that's what I. Oh yeah, I, don't I think, mean, yeah. I don't think fans get that. Like, I'm. I say all the time, like I'm not a fan. Like I'm a fan, but I'm not because I can separate my emotions. We lose to Michigan on Sunday. Yeah, it sucks. Okay, now we're moving on. We have a whole week right. to just move on, you know. Right. And a normal fan can't. And I yell at my fiance like he graduated from Purdue. I'm like, stop being a fan. Like, <laughs> I talk to these know, guys every the, day. <laughs> yeah, but that's the part that that's the part that's so hard to separate because mm-hmm. you you know how uh, stone quiet. Uh, that whole ride home was mm-hmm. Sunday, and we we played the championship game. I mean, and we've won twenty eight games, and we've done this and we've done that, and yet, you know, you as a team, you feel like you failed, and 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 we all know that you know you, you can't even whisper, mm-hmm. and and you and you feel that for that whole trip, and those trips aren't those trips. A lot of people think that we get home in thirty five minutes. Yeah, the flight time might be 35 minutes sometimes, mm-hmm. but it takes Once a little bit longer to, yeah, <laughs> right. it takes a little bit longer to get there. But it's, uh, I have found, um, of course, age has a lot to that. I'm, I'm not as young as you guys, and you have a lot more staying power than I have. But I am really, really, real. I cannot, if we get home at two or three in the morning like we did the other day, that's, that's going to ruin the next day oh, for me. Yeah. And thank goodness I'm, mostly retired so i can have that day mm-hmm. to rest uh, you guys can't and but i i'm exhausted yeah and I, after three games in a row <laughs> oh yeah are you this kidding me killed me i and it was probably because we started at nine that first night and yeah. so i was yeah. up yes till four. yes yes i was yes. up till four finishing that video and i'm like i i think i skipped breakfast the next morning i was like i just need coffee but i want to sleep in you know as long as possible because i mean i'm I'm probably gonna have really bad eyes when I get older, but my eye, like I'm working on a computer, so I'm like and trying to think creatively all the time is very exhausting. Oh, I you know I. But I tell you this. But I tell you this. As much as uh, we could sit here and maybe whine about it, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think the three of us, any of us, would say, "Nah, this is a pretty good way to do things." Oh, I was just well, I, I was yeah. just getting ready to say that. I yeah. you know yeah. I was just getting ready to say yeah. it beats a real job. I mean, oh, yeah. it's 
it's a it really is a labor of love for all of us i mean it's um you know first of all i think we all genuinely um like and love the people around us that are doing this that are all part of this family and um, and if you didn't, you couldn't do it. You couldn't, I mean, that, because that, that's, you, that's you, the coolest part of it. Right, yeah, because absolutely. at four in the morning, Colin's going to sit there and go, wait a minute, I'm doing this for these bozos? Like, <laughs> right. that's not going to happen. So, right. uh, and, and at the end of the day, we're all doing it for our guys. Uh, you know, our guys, um, as we've said a lot on this program, are uh, they're the best. I mean, they're just great individuals, and you want the best for them. Um, and I'll tell you, I was, I'll leave you, I'll leave you with this, Kylan, before we get on the final four, and then we'll, we'll talk about DC a little bit, but I mean, uh, about uh, New York for a little bit. But, um, when you put a video out there, obviously part the, I, maybe the, the, the good part of social media is that a lot of people see it, they see it quickly. Uh, maybe the downside of social media is then sometimes they reciprocate their feelings. Um, have you been able to, because I've talked to Chris about this a lot on Twitter, some of the, the venom that gets sent to Boilerball, and Chris has the burden of having to sift through that and either mm-hmm. ignore it or, or move on from it. Um, you know, do you get in it? Do you see that side of things much? I mean, when you go and post something, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or, or the Boilerball account, I mean, sure, there's people who on a good night, hey, that's a great dunk, that's a great clip. But on the flip side, you know, after a loss and something goes up, I'm sure there's some comments made. Mm-hmm. How do you balance that? It's exhausting. <laughs> and I, Chris and I, we have to talk all the time, and I'm not as bad as he is about reading everything because, I mean, I was not, like, I've, I've had stuff said about me before and, like, whatever, you're, you know, it doesn't mean anything. Um, but my thing, like, I go to video and I see all these negative comments and it's like not about the video right which fine like rip apart my video like whatever it was 4 a.m. that I was doing this but it's about when someone attacks the guys I'm like no not at all you know like attacks them personally bad words like there's 12 year olds on here there's future recruits that are gonna see all this like do you want them to see like how you treat like our athletes like I I guess I just like don't get I mean, it's not even just this, but it's just everyone in this, like, why are you, why do you have to say that stuff? Like, why do you think that you have a voice just because you can hide behind your Twitter handle or whatever? And it's just, it's frustrating to see. That's the tough part. Social media is the the emotion that um, if you don't have the filter to take a step back and it it spews out, that's the probably the downside. I saw a great quote um, yesterday. Um, they interviewed Bill Raftery. Um, and he'll be calling the Big East tournament this week, and and was in New York and called the obviously our games on the big for the Big Ten Network and for CBS. And they asked him why he's not on Twitter, and he said, "Well, I don't trust myself after a few drinks of what I, what would come out and what I would put out there." And like it, it was humorous from Raftery because he is you know he's such a, a funny individual. But uh, yeah, well, I'm exactly I'm exactly the same way. I mean. I do it because of my my trying to handle your own emotion, right? Yeah. And yeah. and when someone when someone really goes after you hard, uh, your first uh, reaction is to come back. And before you do that, and if you do it, and if you're in the public viewpoint, um, you can make yourself look, you know, really kind of silly. Now, back in back in my heyday, I think I could have handled myself much better than I would now. But now I'd be now I'd be too sensitive to it, mm-hmm. and 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 so the and, and the other thing you can't do is when you hide behind a Twitter uh, name and you're not identified. You know you don't know how many people are trolls. You don't know how many people are just in there to to incite mm-hmm. uh, problems. Right. So and so that, that's a you got to filter that out. You know you got that's a great point. You got to remember. You know sometimes you see somebody on there and it's it it's a opposing team's fan that's trying to stir it up so yeah yeah and then and then the other thing is that you know just don't look at it (laughs) and the other the other thing i found in fandom is that and especially in my job you know i used to always say 51 percent like you normally are working um right but but the point is there are x number of people out there that are not going to like what you do and 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 they never will and it could be something personal that you did sometime in your life to them. 
or said something personal or whatever, but it doesn't matter. You're never going to win them over. You don't even try. Mm-hmm. You just, you, you know, you, <laughs> you just, you just move on. And every time that person takes a rip at you, you just say, Hey, that's, you know, that's his opinion or her opinion. And that's the way it goes. So you move on with it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but anytime, anytime in our problem, and I'm not a journalist anymore. I mean, I used to be for years, I would have to try to kind of look at the stuff in the middle, which I didn't, but because you want to, because you're working in a market, right? But right. you've got to be, but you have to be Gene Katie's friend to get in that practice, right? Right. So you can't, so you can't be. Hey, I'm a hardcore journalist. No, right. you really can't, or you'd never get a story. You never would. Very true. So right. what's so what's better? If I can get 95 of the stories versus 100, and uh, and get them every day, and that's in our market. And I always felt that that was more important than being the uh, ethical journalist every time. <laughs> I think, uh, I, think I think ethical journalism journalism is unfortunately becoming kind of a dinosaur. But yeah, that's well, a yeah. whole other. Don't have to worry about it now. <laughs> Twenty five years ago, if you went on the air and you said you announced the wrong coach was coming to take over your program. You got fired. Now you can put thirty nice. guys on there wrong. No, I just tweet another thing. <laughs> but that's why, like, my job and what we do is so important, is because we can control our like. Not that we're hiding stuff, but we're we're. This is our. We're telling the story, and right. we can control everything, and and we're promoting ourselves. And because of social media, more people can see it than they did back in the day when it was just newspapers. Well, we do have a great product to promote. I mean, as Closby said, you know, we're sitting here at 28 and 6. It's been a really, really good season um, and the March run ahead of us. So you've had a lot of good stuff mm-hmm. uh, to work with. I will with. say, I was at senior night 2014, was it 14? Before those guys arrived? Yes, before, yeah. yeah. I was at that senior night against Northwestern. I just visited Sean, and then we came up because he, I mean, he graduated from here and was like, Mackie's awesome, and so I, I saw, I mean, I saw a glimpse of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't totally we've, involved, we've but. We've come a long way. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get now to the final four with, uh, with Kylan and um, four questions that we posed to anybody. Question number one is, what is your go-to music of choice? This is a t- this. Now I was trying to prepare. I know Rob said that he prepared. <laughs> I was definitely trying to prepare because Sean was like, "Hey, you need to like be ready for the, f- need the to have final it together, four. man." So <laughs> I love country music. I love alternative. I I love indie music because I'm making videos, and so I have to listen to everything. I mean, I don't even know what the guys listen to, like Meek Meek Mill or whatever, like all this rap stuff. Um, I was actually going to say that earlier, and I forgot that, you know, not only the footage, but a lot of times you edit songs to these Mm -hmm. clips, and you really have to be on your game in terms of knowing what music's going to work and what, yeah. you know. Sometimes I have, I'll be like, hey, Vince or Carson, like, give me a song or whatever. And it's hard. It's really, exa- like, I'm constantly listening listening to music. Um, I don't even listen to what I like because I'm, like, <laughs> listening to what they like, you know. And I'm trying, I'm trying to be, like, get into it. And, like, I have no idea what they're even saying. But right. <laughs> as long as there's not a bad word, I guess it's all right. <laughs> Yeah, because you have to. If you're, if these videos are going to be angled to recruits, mm-hmm. then obviously it's more likely going to be a younger generation. And mm-hmm. I, I'll admit, as much as I'm into music, I'm pretty lost when it comes to some mm-hmm. of the uh, up and coming um, rap or R and B artists right. or any of that right. stuff. So I know Brand- Brandon, Coach Brantley, will give me some suggestions too. And Coach Brantley will suggest the Isley Brothers. <laughs> put people to sleep when they're watching your videos. Okay, question number two here on the final four. What is your favorite book or a recent book that you've read that you've enjoyed? So Sean last night said, you need to start reading a book so that you have an answer for this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sean's my fiance. I don't, I don't know if everyone knows that, but um, I don't read. Not because I don't know how or I don't want to, but it's because I'm watching movies or TV shows so that I can get ideas, basically. Um, right. 
So if that is a good answer. That's okay. Hey, that's completely, okay. Completely okay. acceptable. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of great books and you always are you're always reading a book and Josh Bontel is always reading a book, but uh I'm always watching a TV show or a movie so that I can get some or you know, any of the current Oscar nominations or whatever. Well, that makes complete sense and and I'll tell you so for our listeners Kyan will come to me sometimes and she'll have her phone queued up and she'll play a video and it could be a commercial for Pepsi or Coke mm-hmm. or it could be a uh, an old uh, promo for The Sopranos or some some something like that and she'll say this is really cool now envision it with Purdue players and Coach Painter and this and that mm-hmm. and it's really it really is cool that you you know you, most people just turn TV on or look at videos on the internet and they're just watching um, for pure entertainment and you're looking at things at a whole new mm-hmm. in a whole new way because yeah. you're saying how can I this is cool now how can I take this and make right. it you how know? can I do Star Wars with whatever right you know right and, and make it relative to pretty basketball I use a lot of Marvel really? if anyone like no one ever really says anything <laughs> The secrets out. But it's also for my fiance Sean. Love like we love Marvel. Like we'll be at every. We were at Black Panther last week. You know, every opening night we'll go to. But their um, trailers are phenomenal. Um, so a lot of the intro videos um, at the six minute or the five minute mark or whatever in Mackie. It's a, probably a Marvel song. Well, that, that's really cool. So my we did, my wife and I saw Black Panther last week, and um, she she's like, I think I'm really into superhero movies mm-hmm. now and so she's been watching a few in the last few days i'm i'm not quite into that stuff but um black panther was excellent mm-hmm. and there's so uh, much backstory though that you like if you like read the backstory of like the whole marvel universe that's and, like the comic said. book right. part you know it's fascinating like every movie is intertwined and, and i even don't know everything and i was a film major and my boyfriend or my, I keep saying boyfriend my fiance is like oh, this means this, and that, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I had no idea. You know, you wouldn't know unless you were into the comic books. And the fast-paced action kind of lends mm-hmm. itself to the, you know, athletics videos. Right, kind of thing. right. It works. <laughs> so question number three here on the Final Four, what is a, if you could wave a wand and do a different profession tomorrow, what would that be? Um, I wanted to be an interior designer growing up and then my mom told me you need to get a job where you can make money so I went to athletics no. <laughs> and studied film <laughs> no my dad's a banker and then when I got a film degree I was like he probably hates me right now <laughs> I just got a free film degree <laughs> like my brother's in business and whatever and but. hey do something you love that pays the rent yeah, and you exactly better than anything and else you yeah. yes but absolutely. i guess i worked at hgtv so that's my interior design still kind of yeah so were you when you were with hgtv were you drawn to that at all did you think um, like oh, maybe mom was on something here or i was like no nah. i mean no not i like i love pottery barn i love h obviously hgtv but decorating and all that stuff like I love doing that kind of stuff and my mom's big into it because she stays she just stays at home she doesn't work and so she I'm pretty sure she repaints the house like six times <laughs> like every few weeks but um no I, I do love that stuff I just have an apartment that I'm literally never in so I don't need to do it yet so um, when the house comes down the road you're gonna be pretty excited I don't okay. know about a house, maybe a condo. <laughs> no Sean yard. has a house no in yard right work. now. Yeah, exactly. We're never home though. He, I don't know the last time he's mowed his lawn. <laughs> he's gonna hate me after he listens to this. <laughs> a lot of secrets divulged. I know. Okay, final question here on the final four. What is something that no one or very few people know about you? I don't know. Um, I like to think I'm a pretty open person, so. I don't know if there's a good one. I think you guys know everything. <laughs> I'm double jointed in my elbows. <laughs> no, we Whoa. didn't know that. Whoa. You have to have the visual because <laughs> I didn't realize it and then now it's a little yeah. creepy. It's <laughs> Well I don't even is that even a good one? That sucks. Yeah, it's as good as we're gonna get, I think. <laughs> 
Well, thank you. Uh, thanks for taking time to join us. Um, we uh, big fans of your work. I hope uh, our, our listeners um, now kind of understand a little bit, a little bit of the behind the scenes. Um, and as you mentioned, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, Boilerball is the tag, and you can mm-hmm. find all Kylan's great work at those uh, those places. And um, thanks for for taking time to join us. Thanks for having me. So, Larry, let's uh, let's jump into. Um, the New York trip a little bit here in the few minutes we have left. Um, now that it's over, um, your thoughts on uh, the New York City experience for the Big Ten tournament? Well, my talk uh, going into it uh, mostly was just, you know, reading about other people's opinions about what are we doing this for. And many of us inside the program have talked about it a lot, uh, whether it be coaches or media people. And, um, you know, the, the general opinion was that, um, yeah, you have to do this because if you want to have an East Coast influence and you add Rutgers and Maryland to the program, you're, you know, to the league, you, you can't just, you know, do everything in the Midwest. Right. So right. that made sense. Then you have um, the venue, Madison Square Garden. But I think everybody said, well, number one, it's going to be too expensive. Number two, you're not going to draw enough people. And number three, there's just not going to be any enthusiasm, especially after you have to revamp the schedule to even play the tournament. But um, I, I think the at least most of the people I heard, I know myself, I was pleasantly, more than pleasantly surprised. I thought it was fantastic. And um, I had a great, great weekend until the final buzzer of the Sunday's game. But, I mean... Um, and I told Rob, I said, you know, I, I assume that if you got about 20 million people in the vicinity, you, you most likely should be able to fill up a 22,000-seat arena. I mean, you could just buy off people to go in there. But, no, it, there, there was a great deal of enthusiasm. I thought it was really first class. I, I thought it was great. And, well, and, and yeah. I'd love to see it back there again. I agree, and I think the, um, the crowds were fantastic. I exceeded expectations in that regard. Um, the the commissioner has come out, Jim Delaney's come out and said that he did in hindsight would not do the condensed scheduling again. And he probably, and he says he kind of regrets that, but it's the one way we could get into the garden because the big East has a lease on the garden for the next, uh, I, I believe until 2026. So I believe for the next eight years, they've got the, that weekend locked up. So for us to get to that, uh, to get that weekend, we needed to move it up a week, or to get the previous weekend rather, we needed to move it up a week and then condense the schedule, which has been pretty well publicized. Um, the reason, again, that's the reason we played two games in December um, when we went to Maryland and had Northwestern here at home. So there is. What about uh, this? Well, yeah, but what about this? What happens if if uh, we do it again and then all of a sudden the Big Ten has this, is the only Power Five conferences going a week in advance and. And then getting the uh, you know ten twelve days off, we don't know how this is going to affect team play either yet. But what if it's all successful and then you end up being the only guy in town? Well, that's an that's another topic. Absolutely, um, I think from a scheduling standpoint, that it's just it's going to be hard to if if you do that every year. I think that's what's going to be difficult. Now, anytime you wanted to go to the garden and you decide to do it, I'm not sure people will go along with that. Um, I think I I don't know this, but I would think that the Big Ten might be exploring locking in the Garden on the regular weekend, uh, maybe out you know and beyond 2026. I don't know what the Garden's relationship. I know they have a great relationship with the Big East. I don't know if that continues or if they try to let the Big Ten sneak in there. Another uh, possibility was: Do you still go to New York but play over in Brooklyn and play at the where the Nets play? Um, yeah, Barclays Center. Yeah, the Barclays Center. I don't. I don't know if that's possible. Um, it certainly doesn't have the same kind of appeal or draw that the Garden does. Um, no. But you, but you never know. I mean, uh, the ACC tournament's there right now, um, so they're kind of going on at the same time as the Big East tournament in the same city. Um, so a lot of possibilities. I know the the immediate future of the Big Ten tournament. We go to Chicago next year, Indianapolis the following year, Chicago and Indy. So the next four years are locked in. Um, but there's a lot of talk about where we go five years from now. Do we try to make another run back at New York? Um, do we go somewhere that we haven't been, like a Minneapolis, a Detroit, a Cleveland? Right, right, um, exactly. Somebody even threw out that maybe like a Philadelphia. 
So there, there's some other possibilities, obviously, and uh, within the Big well, Ten I was, footprint. Uh, well, you know, when I sit down and talk to everybody, they, they all agree that there's no town better than Indianapolis. Right. Um, mainly because of uh, location, the way the downtown is set up, the expense, um, the uh, venue. There's nothing better. There really isn't, and I and I've talked to many many people about that. But <clears throat> having said that, yeah, if you're going to have a permanent location, it's a heck of a lot better than Chicago, right? But Chicago's Big Ten's headquarters, mm-hmm. and so they so they certainly want to have it up there too. And then when I talk about these other people, in fact, we went to um, our radio group uh, went to uh, uh, we uh, hosted an event. Uh, the uh, sports uh, Detroit Sports Commission hosted an event selling the city of Detroit and how things have changed up there dramatically and how they'd love to have the Big Ten tournament. And, and as you mentioned, other cities too. And I'm not all too sure that unless you're going to have a permanent place, hmm, why not have it all over the Midwest and, and, and out east? And um, because I found that I found that to really be really cool. I, I And I'm no different than anybody else. I'm, I mean, I can remember when the garden had the NIT in the 1950s and early 60s, when that tournament used to be as popular as the NCAA, and and what an excitement it was to to play basketball on the East Coast and, and play in the biggest city in the United States. So it, it was cool. I'm, I'm gonna say that, Elliot. I just it thought it was cool. Now I know, I know it was expensive. I know it was expensive, <laughs> and it was. It was expensive for everybody, but. What the heck, you know? It's for us, or at least for me, you know. It's it's the first time we've done it in twenty years of the Big Ten tournament, and I thought it was really special. Well, and you look at the ACC for the longest time; they were in Greensboro for their tournament, and then um, it, about fifteen years ago, they really made an effort to start uh, moving it around. They've gone places like Atlanta and uh, Washington D.C., Brooklyn. Well, it's exposure. It's exposure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody would say well, Greensboro does such a great job, like our Indianapolis does such a great, and they do. Nobody can top it right now, but it's just the difference. And then you have, you know, you have other people involved. So you know, why do we always have to go to Indy, man? Why can't we go to Minneapolis? Or why can't we? Go? Sure. And these are great cities that, that have great venues now, and so, but still. I mean, still, it comes to this is Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous basketball arena, you know? Right. And that's no what question. was cool. No question. And the one thing that I really liked, and I thought that um, it was um, um, the, the, the atmospheres that we had. Now, you know, to keep in mind, if we lose in double overtime to Rutgers on Friday night, we probably have a completely different take on this. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, – the Rutgers game Friday night, you had a lot of red in the stands. Uh, it was a there was a really really cool atmosphere, even though it was a late tip. Um, yeah. Then we came back on sun, Saturday afternoon, doubleheader on CBS. The Michigan Michigan State game was outstanding. Um, you know, arguing against Penn State, great atmosphere. And then obviously the the atmosphere on Sunday for the championship game. Um, again, not the outcome we wanted, but in terms of atmospheres. Um, as good as we've had in any conference tournament. I and, agree. And it's I not agree. like, you know, and a, and a reminder, even though we, as you referenced, we get on that plane and come home and it's, you know, not a word is said and everybody's kind of down. Um, but it's not like we went out there and fell on our face. Um, no, absolutely. You know, we won, won two hard-fought games uh, against uh, a team that was making a run and was hot and uh, had won two games previously. And we're playing in their backyard, and then uh, played a team that uh, is fighting for their NCAA tournament lives that just came off a, a good win over a very good Ohio State team. So um, did some good things out there, and obviously just didn't see it through against uh, a very good Michigan team that, uh, at the end of the day, were two and one against this season, and now they sit at number seven in the rankings. So right, exactly. So uh, as we talked about, an off week here for us. Um, and then uh, we'll obviously get ready practices this week and then uh, get ready for the selection show on Sunday. And just kind of before we wrap it up here, your thoughts on just uh, the NCAA tournament around the corner? Well, I think um, from everything I've read, and of course this changes this week based on, I guess, um, you know, the results of the Power Five conference tournaments. But 
Still looks like Purdue's a two seed. I like that idea of being a two seed in Detroit. I really do. Mainly because we talked to the Detroit Sports Commission and we're buddies with those guys now. But um, uh, I'd like to I'd like to see that. I think it'd be great for our fan base and for all that. But um, you know, the worst I could see us being is a three seed. But uh, it still looks like Purdue's a two. So yeah, most of the that outlets would be, that'd be great, you know, including our our, our friend Jerry Palm, who we had on last uh, last episode. Um, I saw him, by the way, in New York. Talked yeah. to him for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, it seems like most of these guys, these bracketologists, um, have us on the two line, and it looks like regardless of what happens there uh, in these other tournaments, um, we would stay on that two line. Now, where we and get, they said, and they said, and they said, pardon me for interrupting, but yeah. they. But they said to me, uh, most of them also said it didn't matter. Now we we don't know this, and of course our our goal is to win a Big Ten championship. But it wouldn't have mattered uh, based on things that were going into that week. Wouldn't matter whether we won Sunday or not, whether we would have got a one. Now, you know, we'll see if that. Right. I guess there's no way to prove that, but. Uh, the thought, the thought all along is, if we won those first two, we we're going to be a two. We we're going to, we we're going to be on the two line. Yeah, and I think, and that that never really entered anybody's mind while we're going through that tournament. Uh, it's something you kind of maybe we keep tabs on the, you know, when, once the thing is done. But uh, that's that kind of stuff was never discussed going into a game or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I think you're right, and I think uh, remember now for our fans is the way the pod system works. Um, you know, you could we could be for argument's sake, we could be in Detroit as a two, Xavier could be there as a one, or perhaps Xavier goes to Pittsburgh or Nashville as a one, and right. Michigan State could also be in Detroit as a as another two. You could have both Purdue and Michigan State both being two seeds, both playing in Detroit. Um, we obviously would then feed into different regionals, um, right. but the way that that works now, that's a very realistic possibility. Uh, the Detroit games are uh, played on Friday and Sunday. Um, the Nashville games are Friday and Sunday as well. I think the Pittsburgh games are um, Thursday and Saturday. So um, we will we'll kind of sit back on Sunday and and watch like everybody else does. Watch the selection yeah, show. I, I saw also I saw, also saw the um, is the TNT it now has the show correct and uh, they're going to change it all and we're not going to have to go through the two hour wait. Right. Anyway, they're gonna let they're gonna let everybody know who's in the tournament right at the beginning, and then go through the pairings and everything. But they're gonna let you know. I mean, nobody's got to sit around and have to wait to see. Oh my goodness, are we gonna be in the tournament? Right. And, I I read that article where they're gonna get through it in the first uh, twenty to thirty minutes, so there won't be a lot of waiting to know where we go. Um, and uh, it's 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 nice to not have as much drama in terms of knowing if you're in or not. Um, you know, we just kind of sit back and, and find out where we go, and then the game planning starts um, all on Sunday night, and then uh, we'll head out uh, midweek and, and go do our thing. So, um, Okay. Well, Larry, thanks. Thanks for taking time. I know you're just so busy right now on your journey. <laughs> well, well, To take time to join uh, us, we really, really appreciate it. Well, just want to let you know the sun is out. <laughs> Woo! Good for I you. Like that. Good yeah. for you because <laughs> I know, as we as we said, Larry's on location uh, where the sun is out. It's not out here. And in fact, there's a dusting of snow in the Lafayette area. So none here. I'll uh, send you a hey. I'll send you a pic. I'll do that. Do that. Text me a pic. <laughs> that would be really nice to rub my face in. I would appreciate that. That's something you would do. <laughs> <laughs> i'll see you man all right well thank you very much thanks everybody for listening a reminder the the email tag boilerballpodcast at gmail.com always welcome feedback uh, we hope you enjoyed it this was episode 39 here on the podcast and until next time be curious be informed and be well 